Children's Church, and we are in Matthew chapter 27. We'll give them a second to, uh, to find their way out of here. Matthew 27. Looking at a message this morning, the question is, was Judas saved? Was Judas saved? Matthew 27, reading verse 3. Please stand together with me out of honor to God and His Word. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. Thank you. You may be seated. Was Judas saved? Now, this is a very good question. Was Judas saved? I mean, after all, think about it. Judas had been handpicked by Jesus himself. Not only that, Judas was one of the 12 disciples. Not only that, but Judas spent three years living constantly with Jesus. And one more thing. Judas was the treasurer of the group. Normally, your treasurer is somebody you can trust, like Terry Matthews. Uh, she's our treasurer here at church. We wouldn't pick her if we couldn't trust her, right? And so Judas was a very apparently a trustworthy person. But let's ask the question now, was Judas saved? Now, speaking of the name Judas, there was a thief. He broke into a house and he began scoping out what to steal when he hears a voice say, Jesus is watching you. Well, startled, the thief shines his flashlight around, but he doesn't see anyone, so he goes back to his stealing. And once again, he hears a voice say, Jesus is watching you. Well, the thief shines his flashlight around again, and he sees a birdcage. And he realizes the caged parrot is doing the talking. He also notices a sign on the cage that the parrot's name is Judas. And so the thief says out loud, what kind of idiot would name his parrot Judas? And the parrot replies, the same kind of idiot who would name his pit bull Jesus. (laughs) So, was Judas saved? Well, let's look first of all at verse 3. Judas realized what he had done. He realized what he had done. He saw that Jesus was condemned. Again, it says there, then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he, Jesus, was condemned. And so he realized what he had done. Now, what did Judas expect, I wonder? I mean, why did Judas betray Jesus in the first place? Well, perhaps Judas thought that Jesus would be found innocent and Judas would be 30 coins richer. And so there would be a court proceeding and, of course, Jesus was a good guy. He didn't do anything wrong and they couldn't prove it. And so he figured, you know what, that's what's going to happen. He'll be found innocent and I'll have 30 coins more. Jesus would be tried in a Roman court, not a Jewish court. And Rome would be unconcerned about Jesus. They wouldn't care about Jesus. And the Jews would be shamed. And so as far as Judas was concerned, everybody wins except the Jews. Maybe Judas was just trying to help Jesus along. Because not only would Jesus be found innocent and the Jews be shamed, but Jesus maybe would revolt and establish His Messianic kingdom. And so Judas is just helping Jesus along. But when we get to this point of Matthew 27... Judas realizes his plan has backfired. Jesus is found guilty. Jesus is condemned to death. And, as we all know, Jesus did not exert his messianic authority. He didn't exert his messianic power. And so, while Judas may have been just trying to help Jesus along, everything backfired. But what I want to point out is that Judas realized what he had done. And you know, salvation requires us to realize that we're sinners. But salvation is more than just realizing we're sinners. Again, Judas realized he had done wrong. He realized he had sinned. But salvation is more than just realizing you've done wrong. 
So Judas realized what he had done. But secondly, I want you to see that Judas repented of what he had done. Do you see that in verse 3? It says, Now Judas, which betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. It says right there, So Judas repented of what he had done. Now I'm not going to give you a Greek lesson, but the Greek word used for repent here is not the usual word for repentance accompanying conversion or salvation. What this word means is that Judas felt sorry or Judas changed his mind. The usual Greek word for repent means to make a U-turn. You're going in one direction, you completely turn and go the opposite direction. That's not this word here. This word just means that Judas felt sorry, uh, that Judas changed his mind. Judas' repentance was the result of a guilty conscience. His repentance was self-serving at best. Now salvation does include feeling sorry for what we've done. But salvation is more than just feeling sorry for what we've done. Just as salvation requires us to realize that we're sinners, like Judas did, salvation also requires us to repent of what we've done. Uh, but just because you feel sorry, just because you repent, there's more to it than that. In fact, we're not just to be sorrowful for our sins. We're to have godly sorrow. Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians 7.10. He says, For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation. Godly sorrow. And not just godly sorrow, but we need to actually turn from our sins. We turn away from our sin and to Christ. We turn away from sinfulness and to godliness. Was Judas saved? Well, he realized what he had done. Was Judas saved? Well, he repented of what he had done. Thirdly, notice Judas made restitution for what he had done. He made restitution for what he had done. Judas tried to undo what he did. The first thing he does, look in verse 3, he takes the money back. It says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. And so he gives the money back. What they do with the money? Well, if you look in verse 7, the money was used to buy a burial field for strangers. It says there, And they took counsel and brought with them the potter's, bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. As they did this, this actually fulfilled prophecies in Jeremiah and especially in Zechariah. Look at this prophecy in Zechariah, chapter 11, beginning in verse 12. And I said unto them, If you think good, give me my price. If not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it to the potter, a goodly price that I was prized of at them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? It sure does. And that was a prophecy written hundreds of years before Jesus, hundreds of years before Judas. Now the chief priests, they were concerned about the lawfulness of keeping blood money. Look in verse 6. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It's not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it's the price of blood. They knew what was going to happen because Judas betrayed them and then they paid Judas the money. Then Jesus was going to die and that would be blood money. So they were very concerned about keeping the blood money. However, they weren't concerned about condemning an innocent man. They didn't care about that. They just cared about the law and the blood money. So Judas tried to make restitution. He took back the money. Look in verse 4. He confessed his wrongdoing. He says, I have sinned in that I betrayed innocent blood. And not only did he confess his wrongdoing, he professed Jesus innocent. He said, he's innocent. This is innocent blood. And so Judas tries to undo what he did. Takes the money back. Confesses his own wrongdoing. He professed Jesus' innocence. Know this, my friends, that restitution 
follows salvation. Restitution follows salvation. We want to make right what we made wrong where we can. Now, the reason I say where we can, what if you wrong somebody and then they die? Well, you, you can't make it right with them, right? Because they're not here anymore. So again, we want to make right what we've made wrong where we can. You probably remember the story in the New Testament about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a short guy and he wanted to see Jesus, so he climbs the tree. Children know the, the, the song. They can sing all about it. Zacchaeus, once he got right with Almighty God, he provided restitution. Not before he was saved, but after he was saved. Look here at Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Fourfold. Now, nobody told Zacchaeus to do this. Jesus didn't pull Zacchaeus aside and say, Zacchaeus, now you know you've got to provide restitution. You're right with me now. You're a believer, and now you've got to do restitution. Nobody told him that. Zacchaeus was compelled by his personal encounter with Jesus. Once he met Jesus personally, he had a desire to make things right. And by the way, restitution was part of the Old Testament law. You can read about that in a lot of places, one of which is Leviticus chapter 5 and verse 16, which says if you take something from somebody, you need to restore what you took plus 20%. But notice Zacchaeus did more than the law required. He said, I'll restore four times as much as I've taken. Not 20%, four times as much. But here's the thing. If you are saved here today, if you would say, yes, Pastor Gary, I am saved. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're saved here today, have you tried to make things right with those you've wronged? So you're saved now. You've come to faith in Christ. You believe in Him. Have you tried to make things right with those that you've wronged along the way? Restitution follows salvation. So once you're saved, you want to make it right if you can. Sometimes you can't. But if you can, you want to try to make it right. And so was Judas saved? Judas tried to provide restitution, didn't he? But know this, salvation is more than just making restitution for your sins. So was Judas saved? Well, uh, he realized he did wrong. But was he saved? Well, he repented of what he did. Was he saved? He provided restitution. Was he saved? Even though Judas realized what he had done, even though Judas repented of what he done did, even though Judas provided restitution for what he had done, I submit to you this morning that Judas remained unforgiven. He remained unforgiven. Why? First of all, he confessed his sin to the priest. He didn't confess his sin to God. We don't have a record of him confessing his sins to God. He goes to the priest. He said, I did wrong. He goes to the priest. Now, the Bible does encourage us to confess our sins to each other. Like here in James 5.16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. So even though the Bible does encourage us uh, to confess our sins to each other, we must confess our sins to God. Because God is the one against whom we have ultimately sinned. And 1 John 1.9 promises, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A priest can't do that for you. Only God Almighty can do that for you. Well, Judas confessed his sin, not to God, to the priest. Secondly, we already talked about Judas' repentance. It was self-serving. He had a guilty conscience. He felt bad, and so he changed his mind. Thirdly, I want you to know that Judas committed suicide. He committed suicide. He hanged himself. Look in verse 5. 
And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Now, clearly it says he hanged himself. But if you're familiar with Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 tells a different story. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 1 beginning in verse 16. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas, who was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. Sorry if you just had donuts. So Matthew says he hanged himself. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, says no, he kind of fell off a cliff. So do we have a contradiction in the scriptures here? No. There's never a contradiction. Apparently, when you read between the lines here, you find out that Judas hanged himself from a tree over a cliff and either the rope broke or the branch broke and he fell and his guts went everywhere. There are not contradictions in God's holy word, the Bible. You just got to read it and study it and understand it and figure it out. There's no contradiction. You don't choose either Matthew or Acts. You choose both and both are correct. Both are correct. But anyway, Judas committed suicide. Now I want to say publicly, suicide is forgivable. It is forgivable. But it's doubtful that a new convert would commit suicide. Remember, if Judas was saved, he realized he was a sinner, he repented of his sins, he made restitution, so he's a new believer apparently. It is doubtful that somebody would come into a perfect right relationship with God and turn around and kill himself. And know this about suicide. Suicide causes missed opportunities. Just think about Judas. Judas never saw the resurrected Jesus. Never saw him. Judas never saw Jesus ascend up into heaven. Judas never experienced Pentecost. Judas never saw the, earthly church, the early church prosper. And not only that, Jesus called Judas the son of perdition. The son of perdition. Look here at John chapter 17 and verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, he says, now one of them's lost. The son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now that word perdition means destruction. And we know that Judas helped destroy Jesus physically. And yet what Judas intended for evil, God intended for good. And the scriptures had to be fulfilled. You can look these up on your own, but Psalm 41.9 and Psalm 69.25 and Psalm 109 verse 8, they had to be fulfilled and they were fulfilled in Judas. But not only did Judas help destroy Jesus physically, Judas destroyed himself physically by suicide and eternally through unbelief. Let's pause and ask this question. How could one spend so much time with Jesus and still not believe? I mean, Judas was with Jesus for three years, constantly. I mean, they lived together, they slept together, they walked together, everything they did together. Judas heard all of the teachings. Judas saw all the miracles. How could someone spend so much time with Jesus and still not believe? Here's the answer. Saving faith is a gift from God. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. That's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Many spent time with Jesus, yet didn't believe. Many witnessed Jesus' miracles, and yet did not believe. And don't be shocked by that, because this is going to happen again following the millennium. 
The millennium is a time when Jesus comes back to earth. He touches down on this earth and he rules and reigns for 1,000 years. And it's going to be nothing but positive results with Jesus ruling and reigning for that 1,000 years. There will be political good results. For instance, Jesus will be king of all the earth and there will be global peace. The Prince of Peace will rule over the earth at peace from the city of peace, Jerusalem. There will be economical blessings. The Bible says that the millennium will be a time of unprecedented prosperity. There will be agricultural blessings. The Bible says that harvesting will closely follow planting. People will still be planting and the harvester is coming up right behind them. Not only that, there will be spiritual blessings. All will worship King Jesus. And there will even be medical blessings, Zechariah talks about. It says children won't die anymore. And among other things, you know what that means? Abortion will be eliminated in the millennium. And Isaiah even says that people who die during the millennium, they'll die extremely old. If somebody dies 100 years old, people will say, he's just a baby. And yet with all of this, Jesus ruling and reigning for 1,000 years and nothing but good results, when it's over, Satan will be able to assemble a vast army to do battle with none other than Jesus himself. Look here at the text in Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, that's at the end of the millennium, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. How could somebody spend three years with Jesus and still not believe? How could people spend a thousand years with Jesus and still not believe? Because faith is a gift from God. And so know this, my friends. We ask the question, was Judas saved? Well, he realized what he had done. He repented of what he had done. He made restitution for what he had done. But he remained unforgiven. My friends, salvation is by grace through faith in Christ. If you, if you think you're saved and you came about it any other way, you're not saved. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ. Part of that, we realize that we are sinners. Like Judas did. You realize you're a sinner. You see, only sinners need a Savior. If you don't know you're a sinner, you don't know you need a Savior. Secondly, you confess your sins to God. Not to the priest, to God. Thirdly, you repent of your sins. Do you mean I should feel sorry for my sins? Yeah, you should feel sorry for your sins, but you should turn from your sins. And fourthly, you should provide restitution. Change your ways to make things right with God and with others. And let me just say, we need help with this one. We need a lot of help with this one. Because we are set in our sinful ways, okay? That is why God indwells us with His Spirit to change us from the inside out. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus, a man, doesn't come to live inside of you. Jesus' Spirit comes to live inside of you. And He changes you from the inside out. And so remember, salvation comes only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But you will know that you're on the right track when you realize you're a sinner, you confess your sins to God, you repent of your sins, and you change your way. So let me ask you this morning, have you been saved? Have you been saved? I didn't ask if you come to church. I can see that. Have you been saved? Have you been forgiven? Are you going to heaven one day, either when you die or when Jesus comes back? Have you been saved? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, believing He died on the cross to pay for your sins, that He was buried for your sins, and He rose again the third day? This is the only way to be saved. This is the only way to go to heaven. Receive Christ as your Savior by grace through faith. 
know, Memorial Day and Veterans Day bring a lot of misinformation and confusion. Now, don't misunderstand. We are grateful for our veterans, for their service, and for their sacrifice. We're grateful. But the confusion and the misinformation comes out that if somebody is on the battlefield fighting for the United States of America, if they're killed, they go right to heaven. It's not true. Now, that doesn't mean we don't appreciate their service. That doesn't mean we don't appreciate their sacrifice. But they need Jesus to be saved just like everybody else. And if you don't have Jesus, you're not saved. You might want to be saved. You might hope you're saved. But if you have Jesus, you are saved by grace through faith in Him. And so please don't get confused because we're coming up on Veterans Day and especially when we celebrate Memorial Day next year, which is for those who have died. Don't think because they died serving our country that automatically they got a free pass into heaven. The only way a soldier who dies on the battlefield is going to heaven is if he had Jesus in his heart. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter how honorably he served. It doesn't matter how valiantly he served. He will not go to heaven. But by grace through faith in Christ, every soldier, every man, woman, child can go to heaven and be forgiven. Only by grace through faith in Christ. So I ask you the question again. Have you been saved? Have you been saved? And if you can say, yes, Brother Gary, I've been saved. There's no doubt I trust Christ and Him alone and I'm saved. What about that restitution stuff? Even if you were saved 20 years ago, but you know you wronged some people and you've never tried to make it right. That's all part of the package. Oh, you don't have to make restitution to be saved. You're already saved by grace through faith. But... Your relationship with Christ should inspire you and encourage you to make things right that you, that you made wrong if you can. Sometimes you can't do it. So the question this morning, was Judas saved? Well, he realized he was a sinner. That's important. He repented of his sin. That's important. He made restitution for his sin. That's important. But I submit to you, he remained unforgiven. People can only be saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ. If you're saved here today, think about that restitution. Figure out who you need to make things right with. But if you're not saved, by all means, right now, invite Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior. Believe He died, was buried, and rose again from the dead for you. And you will be saved in an instant. But that instant lasts forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the challenge. We thank You that salvation is easy for us, grace through faith. Then, for us, the work begins as we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So, Father, if there are those here who have not been saved, give them grace and faith to believe right here, right now. And for those of us who are saved, if we need to make restitution, show us how in a way that brings glory to You, thanking You in Jesus' name.